You are listening to EE Times on Air, and this is EE Times Current. I'm Eric Singer. Today's podcast is sponsored by Synopsys, powering the new era of smart everything from silicon to software. Today's feature interview is with Dana Neustadter, Senior Product Manager for Security Solutions at Synopsys. In today's connected world, a high volume of valuable data susceptible to tampering and physical attacks is processed, stored, and moved between devices, cars, and data centers. Security is on center stage in the semiconductor industry, and all interfaces and data that move across them need to be secure. Synopsys considers security an integral part of design architecture, not an afterthought. In this podcast, we'll discuss the fundamentals of securing interfaces and how Synopsys's secure interfaces allow designers to quickly implement the highest levels of security in their SOCs on every link while complying with the latest standards and requirements. First, here are some of the headlines we're covering in EE Times. FlexLogics, an EFPGA company, has pivoted to licensing its InfraX Accelerator IP for AI and DSP alongside its existing EFPGA IP. The hardware IP is the same, but the software stack is different. Teams from OnSemi and Volkswagen are working to optimize next-generation front and rear traction inverters for electric vehicle powertrains. As part of the agreement, OnSemi will deliver its Elite SIC 1200-volt traction inverter power modules, which are pin-to-pin compatible, to easily scale to different power levels and types of motors. ViperCore, a UK processor startup, claims they've developed an innovation in memory allocation management. The company says its technology moves away from the processor's traditional view of memory being a single, linear space and accelerates high-performance, general-purpose compute workloads by a factor of up to 10 times without modifying the original code. Find all these stories and more on eetimes.com. If you are on this episode's webpage, there are direct links to these articles. Subscribe to EE Times On Air and EE Times Current by clicking the subscribe button at the top of today's episode page or searching EE Times On Air on all the major podcast platforms. Dana, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'd love to start with a question about where we are today. So tell us why now security is on center stage in the semiconductor industry. Security is fundamental in the connected world we live in. We are undergoing a technology evolution, which I would call more of a revolution because we're witnessing exponential growth of cloud data, AI is proliferating at incredible rates, and ChatGPT is just one of the latest examples. And really, everything is connected one way or another. And so security for data and systems is fundamental and is being propelled at a fast pace nowadays by many factors. Data is created and moved between devices and the cloud and contains a lot of sensitive information. And that information can be corrupted or stolen by malicious actors. That is a concern for consumers who want to protect, for example, the privacy of their personal information, but also businesses and governments. In vehicles, safety and security have to work hand in hand. And we've seen the attacks being demonstrated on cars where hackers could remotely control a car 
that is on the highway with the driver in it to turn on wipers, blast audio. But the most scary of it all was to, to stop the car remotely in the middle of the highway. Cloud computing is a shared resource, but with whom? So the potential for attacks continues to increase. And in addition, there is a growing number of laws, regulations, and ultimately liability that one must be concerned about. And one good example is GDPR. This is Global Data Protection Regulation in Europe that imposes steep fines on corporations if the private user data, for example, is compromised. And uh, Google was fined close to 60 million by data protection watchdog over GDPR type violations. And as the attacks become more sophisticated, the security standards have to continuously adapt to better protect data and systems. So a lot of factors that are bringing security on center stage nowadays. Oh, so many compelling and critical reasons. So beyond the obvious things, like we're transmitting more data than ever, but also the number of connections, um, you raise such an interesting and tangible example with the automotive category where we've got very real, very physical, real world dangers that can result from a security breach. I want to get a little deeper into that now, if you could, and talk some more about how security needs are different in different end applications. In other words, what are the threats and concerns that, say, a cloud provider might have when we compare that to, say, an IoT or a mobile provider or an automotive vendor? Security needs are often different in different application spaces, markets, and even within what may be thought as the same market, the needs can be different according to the specific use case. So first, the threat landscape needs to be well understood. Are the use cases for the product only concerned with network-based threats or are attacks that need physical access as a concern? Is there direct network access to the product or is it protected by other parts of the system that act as the firewalls to lessen or control the access points to the product? What are the regulatory or standards compliance requirements? What is the value of the assets in the system or the potential losses uh, that can happen by a successful attack? Answers to these questions should all inform the system architecture of the design, so the overall security solution, as they help we also define the cost that the security design can afford. So there is no one size fits all answer to a, a, your questions. The product definition will need to zero in on the relevant threats, risks, but also costs as part of the overall requirements. And looking specifically, for example, at automotive, the complexity of vehicle electronics and the connectivity are growing and cars can be hacked, as I mentioned earlier, attacks or remote access through Bluetooth, RF signals, malicious messages can be interfering with, with the car. And security is really critical and it needs to be addressed as a high grade, but usually higher performance leveraging the hardware root of trust, 
in-car network protection, as well as external communication protection. And in addition, in automotive specifically, security and safety are interdependent. A safety system can be compromised by a security attack if not protected properly. So security solutions for automotive also need to take into account safety mechanisms and safety compliance. Moving on to IoT, all things are not the same as other in terms of cost, complexity, capabilities, sensitivities of the data, and so on. So many, if you look at the devices, IoT devices today, many of the highest volume, lowest cost products are among the least secure and also most poorly maintained to address vulnerabilities as they come up and they are found. So IoT endpoints, for example, need to be secure and trustworthy. And at the minimum, they should have test the integrity and authenticity of their firmware and software and also take some reasonable response to a failure of those kind of tests. And then moving on to cloud computing, we've talked about the amount of data moving to the cloud. It's really astonishing. And a lot of this information, this data is sensitive. Unauthorized access to data is, I would say, one of the biggest threats in cloud computing. And here, in general, there is need for security with high level of protection and resilience against physical attacks, fault injection, but also the need for high-performance security solutions with in an ideal world as low latency as possible, as well as optimal area and power. So. As you can see, there, there is a different approach to security depending on the specific use cases in a market or application. As you were talking about all of the IoT devices out there in the world today, I think about all of those devices running systems on a chip. Tell us a little more about how these various security needs translate to the SOC level. Is there a need for all the SOC interfaces to be secured at that level? OC design is really critical for enabling robust device security. And why is that? Because security needs to be designed in, to use another reference, baked in really from the beginning, starting with the hardware and then building up to higher layers such as firmware, software, operating systems, and all the way to the application layer. So establishing the integrity of a system is essential because it's required to create a trust that the system is is behaving as intended. This needs to be done during various level of operations, of course, including offline, during power up, but also during operations. So it's runtime. While the system may be in a trusted state after power up, after you boot it up, keeping it intact over time is the next challenge. So it's important to periodically check, for example, the, the code that you're running for signs of malicious intentions. Moving specifically to interfaces, there are many interfaces involved and more and more, actually all of them require security because Data and control that moves through these interfaces require various levels of protection, including also the SOC itself needs to be secure, right? So some interfaces, for example, may be used for backdoors to to attack and compromise the system itself. 
specifically to interfaces, to give some example, PCIe and Compute Express Link are types of interfaces that are used for chip-to-chip device-to-device type connectivity. And for example, their standards have added security requirements like integrity and data encryption, in short, IDE, to protect the confidentiality of the data, but also to ensure that the data has not been tampered with. Memory interfaces like DR or LPDR also rely on AES-type cryptography to protect the data. Ethernet for wired network connectivity, also extending into the cars, leverages NACSEC security. HDMI, display ports, so various interfaces for displays, media content when we stream movies on a display. Also rely on security such as second protection security such as HDCP, high definition content protection. And there are many more interfaces that require security. MIPI is another example where they are working and about to release new security standards specifications, in particular for camera and displays in the car. And the list can go on. But overall, my, my message is that in general, all interfaces need to be secured for various reasons. And as you talk with your customers, Do you get the sense that they are fully aware of this need for securing all these incredibly diverse SOC interfaces? Does it feel like designers of SOC systems see security as a mandatory step in their design process at this point? So I I would say yes to (laughs) all the questions. We are seeing that the adoption of interface security is accelerating significantly from one year to another. And we have also a lot of customers that that's where we deal with across various applications. And just to give you an example, customers wanted to get their hands on PCIe and CXL security solutions even before the standards were out. So a mm. lot of pressure and the aggressive adoption starting in this particular case was with high-performance compute-related applications, data centers, AI accelerators, SD storage-type applications, and it's moving now into automotive. I've been in the security business for a long time, and I was quite surprised, to be honest, how quickly things moved with regards to the adoption. And we're seeing a similar momentum shaping up for memory interface security, like Ethernet security I mentioned, is now expanded into the cars. The list really can continue. So overall, I would say that security has more or less become a mandatory request for SOC design. And we are seeing the proof points already based on our customer interactions. Unsurprising given how visible and how intense the consequences of a security breach can be when we talk about sensitive data, or especially in automotive. Dana, how is Synopsys addressing this growing demand for security? And if you can talk a little bit specifically about how you're enabling SOC design for device security. Synopsys solutions cover all area of silicon development, architecture, software, IP design and verification, and really security is top of mind across 
all of these sections. And our goal is to address security holistically for the entire system design spectrum. If we look specifically at IP and IP security, we have a full suite of IP cores and subsystems that perform security functions in an SOC, such as hardware secure modules, which root of trust for platform security, key management, and other security features and functions, as well as we have complete secure interface solutions comprised of controllers with security files. And these solutions need to continuously evolve and adapt with technology standards as well as be resilient against future attacks. Our goal and mandate is to continue to keep our solutions up to date and have them available as customers and markets need them. If you look at digital design tools, simulation tools, Synopsys also has solutions for security support, like, for example, doing differential power analysis and fault injection analysis and other security checks. Stepping up a level, we're also participating in research programs that address security, like a program uh, run by DARPA, Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency in the U.S. This particular program I'm referring to is called the ACE, Automatic Implementation of Secure Silicon. And its purpose is to make hardware designs more resilient to modern-day security concerns by automating the inclusion of scalable hardware security mechanisms in IP as well as SOCs. So from the IP all the way to SOC. We started this conversation talking about why security is so critical right now. If you'll indulge me, I'd like to ask you to look into the future a bit and tell us what you see coming up for the security field on the short term and the long term? Yeah, so for the shorter term, I expect the requirements for higher grade security to continue to increase with a need for more resilience against physical attacks, increasing security certification requirements, for example, to demonstrate assurance, trust, conformance. And I see an extending role for interface security across markets and applications. I reference the MaxSec security for automotive, but also as the interfaces move from one generation to another, there will be need for security that supports the higher performance and low latency requirement. Looking towards the future, although that's also something that may need to be addressed sooner rather than later, one of the most obvious big changes is the transition to what are called post-quantum cryptography, PQC algorithms, also referenced as quantum-resistant cryptography. These address the fact that large-scale quantum computers will be capable of breaking the public key cryptography algorithms like RSA and elliptic curve cryptography through brute force attacks. New algorithms are being standardized now to allow this transition to happen before the quantum computers exist. And even among experts, there is no clear time frame for when quantum computers will be accessible, but it is likely within the next 10 to 15 years. And if you have secrets 
now that you want to protect over the next 15 to 20, 25 years, you actually should already be transitioning to the new algorithms. So since this is a relatively new area of study, we expect new algorithms to be introduced over time. So systems should be designed with flexibility to implement those types of algorithms as they emerge. And uh, keeping with the need for flexibility, we recent geopolitical events are resulting in a return regional and national security standards. And in some cases, a move away from a common core of algorithms that represent a global standard for cryptography. So chip manufacturers, given this, would like to offer one product in all markets, all geographical regions, and use firmware as much as possible with minimal hardware change to address all these markets. And of course, the geopolitical landscape will continue to evolve. And in some cases, it may change abruptly. So the need for flexibility in this area is increasing. A couple of other interesting changes and trends are also evident. The first one is that it is in increasingly an expectation and in some cases a regulatory requirement that most devices have responsible security posture. It's increasingly unfeasible for manufacturers to say in the past, security is all my problem and simply just do nothing about it. And this shift has been a long time coming, <laughs> a slow long-term trend that is accelerating finally. And that's a good thing for everybody. In the high-performance computing space, for example, we are now seeing security becoming a major thrust of the system architecture, system interconnects like PCIe and external memory interfaces. I've mentioned earlier now have authentication and encryption standards that are being adopted rapidly. But security is going to be designed into the emerging die-to-die interconnect standards, like, for example, UCIe. So long, longer term, uh, definitely the interconnect interfaces will evolve and also new standards for security will, will emerge. Also looking into the future, I see a shift to much stronger technologies to keep virtualized workloads in data centers separated and isolated from each other. This addresses mm. a huge concern for cloud data center users where, you know, who need strong guarantees that their data is protected and remains in their control. So these are just some of the things that are I see coming in near term, but also longer term, specific related to security. And as we think about those long term needs, and especially looking at something like quantum computing, and we're all trying to guess when that will arrive. If there's one thing we know in this industry, it's that the future has a nasty habit of showing up before we think it will. We're very grateful that that you and other security professionals are thinking about all of this stuff now and have been for many years. Dana, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your expertise with us. We really appreciate your time and your insights. Thank you. That brings another episode of EE Times Current to its end. Thank you for listening, and thanks to our guest, Dana Neustadter from Synopsys. 
EE Times Current is available through the major podcast platforms, but if you get to us at our website at eetimes.com, you'll find a transcript along with direct links to the other stories we've mentioned and other resources. EE Times Current is produced by EE Times. It was engineered by Taylor Marvin at Coop Studios. I'm Eric Singer. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.